Well, thanks very much for coming. I'm trying to bring wisdom ideas to these, the evolution of matter and of the planet in particular. And that's what I want to develop tonight is, is a whole evolutionary plan of how energy densifies down towards the physical and then beyond the physical. So I want to start also off with the idea of trinity in different ways, this, this three quality. When I was young I went to church from about 16 to 23 and so I embraced Christianity as it's presented traditionally in our Western world. And so, you know, I was quite strongly attending to the religious or the moral side of life that was important to me as a young person. But I came to it from a strong education where one had to embrace chemistry and physics and history and mathematics and geography and all these things. And by 21, I crashed out of the church because the science part of myself and the moral part couldn't meet. And in what I'm leading up to tonight, it's trying to explain that dilemma of the human being, that we have this energy that comes into the mind that wants to know about reality, that is science, just knowledge. And we have another aspect that works into our life of action, that is the moral side. And they do not, in our cultural moment, marry up. They kind of have separated. And it was a crisis for me at 21, and so I staggered out. And uh, I was ranging at God. So I guess I, I tried to stitch myself together through a third aspect, which is art. And, and to be a painter for seven years, I was trying very hard to work with that. But even in the arts, you find a sort of a crisis as to why, why make images? What, what, what is making images about? After a period of time, I came into contact with theosophy, with, with Eastern wisdom as it had reappeared in the West. And so I met this idea of reincarnation. And I wasn't quite ready for it. I thought they were nice people, but reincarnation was a bit strange. So a little bit more time went by, and then I found myself meeting people who believed in reincarnation again. And by then I was 27. And I embraced reincarnation somehow naturally by then it just seemed an organic thing that that, that would be cycles of embodiment and a leaving and a returning to earth conditions in that way so I come tonight from that understanding of the human experience and I went beyond theosophy into this man's work Rudolf Steiner who was a leading clairvoyant of last century. He died in 1925 and he answered a lot of questions for me. I didn't enter this material until much later. So I went into studying him on education and I became a teacher in a Steiner school in New Zealand. So what I'm going to present in a simple form tonight is, is clairvoyant material that Steiner has researched and tried valiantly to put into a book when he was only 49 when this came out in 1910. It's a book like no other and I'm not claiming to present fact tonight. Um, it's, it's imagery and it's imagery from the source of his clairvoyant vision such as it was. So in some ways it's very short on detail. Um, 
you, you find yourself very curious about all sorts of practicalities of it but I think it's enormously valuable because it does bridge this crisis in my own soul experience of we can't just live anymore with oh well, God created the world and isn't that wonderful it's not enough for the modern consciousness and yet science is very limited in what sort of knowledge it can come towards because it's limited to sensory data and you know we can crash ourselves into a comet and find out what the material is made of and try to find out how the universe originated from material but when you put that sort of data in the light of this sort of material the difference is stupendous this is just a huge panoramic backdrop going back through eons and eons of time past and future and I think it's an enormously helpful scenery to have for human life whether or not one fully believes it I don't think it's the point but it, 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 it's, it's a storyline that is immensely valuable so back to the Trinity it is Steiner's research that um, he was locating three particular forces that the human being works with and that is that we have forces coming towards us from above the planet towards our mind and he said in that force is working the world's wisdom the Sophia force what in Christianity has become the Holy Spirit and it works revealing wisdom into our mind and in complete opposition to that we have a force that streams up towards the body from the centre of the planet and it's what enables a young toddler to actually get themselves upright that force has to stream into the limbs and he said that force is what makes physicalization of matter possible and that is the father God force that sustains the physical world and then the third force comes towards us through our middle system that we have not through our action limb pole or the head pole but through this pole that is related to heart circulation and to breathing so it's a rhythmical energy that enables us to expand out and to contract into the body and the soul is in a interplay between close to the body and freed from the body and in those forces he placed the Christos or the S-O-N God so this one works rhythmically this one works towards the physical forces of matter and being here in red energy you might say and this force works to wisdom I thought yes that's good because I'd had such a stupid journey with being baptised with the Holy Spirit when I was 18 that I had to speak in tongues and sort of be a performing puppet and the whole thing was a charade for me Um, who was the Holy Spirit and how does it work and I've been recently looking into Gnostic Christianity the Naj Hammadi library and it's heartening because it reinstates the feminine for the Holy Spirit this is the Gospel of Philip about 250 AD and I think this is pretty direct it says here some said Mary conceived by the Holy Spirit they are in error they do not know what they are saying when did a woman ever conceive by a woman 
but it's a clear statement that the operation of the Holy Spirit is a feminine force and therefore would not produce fructification in a female. It then says, Mary is the virgin whom no power defiled. That is saying she's virgin and that the, the dark forces of the spirit, the powers, haven't got to her and defiled her in that sense. It's not saying she didn't copulate with a human man. She's virginal because of her inner state. Going on, the Lord would not have said, my father who is in heaven, unless he had had another father. He would simply have said, my father. So again, it's indicating that Jesus Christ had a physical father um, and that the Holy Spirit was not some sort of amorphous force creating the immaculate conception but but that this is a feminine energy and I would link it with the Sophia of the Greek thought and with Isis of the Egyptian thought with the world virgin and so it's comforting to find the mother, the father and the son there in that trinity and so we have the mental linked to the Holy Spirit in us, our feeling life linked to the son, S-O-N and our capacity to be moral acting beings through the will system and that I act is linking us to the Father God. To go on from the number three now to the number seven as a number for time processes. I've got red, yellow, blue, number four there and blue, yellow, red again because the principle of evolution in this way is that three principles come progressively into manifestation and then in the fourth stage the possibility for the system to become self-aware comes in with the number four so that after that the fifth stage will take the third one onto a higher level and then the sixth stage will take the second one onto a higher level and the final possible stage will raise the first energy up and so you have a circle there of evolution that things must reflect in the end is the beginning and it's, it's very beautiful the way that Steiner's whole panorama of vision is, is constantly repeating patterns because within any one stage he unfolds seven stages within that and within any one of those stages you could find seven stages within that so it's a fractal of meaning so I'm going to come back now to different energy states and go before the time the planet was physical and come back to some unusual origins and this first planetary beginning is a planet of fire cosmic fire or heat and we're going to look at one, two, three, four, yeah, five, six, seven. In the chaotic beginnings, when great beings were organizing some sort of start to this heat planet, Steiner describes it as chaotic will. It's not a visual planet because there's no light here, it's dark. Light comes later. So I think how does he relate to experiencing this planetary stage and I think it must have been something along the lines of movement as well as um, 
heat differentiation because for me will would be movement stream going, 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 going but eventually wisdom was inculcated into this going, going, going so that by the middle stage the wisdom has called the seething will to become heat and into that heat accumulation differentiated currents can be placed and the extraordinary thing is that Sina discovers in this ancient place the rudimentary 12-fold physical human form in rudimentary head, rudimentary larynx, rudimentary shoulders right through the 12 systems that we have today as a structural idea but in terms of our consciousness it is like the mineral has in our world today we're not that very aware of all the many things that are going on with the many beings involved and always within this fourth stage some beings or other out there are attaining their human stage to be human is to find that selfhood that the being wakes up to its full potential and beings that stand above us there's angels, there's archangels above them and above them are archai those are the beings who became human in this heat world and they are still involved with our affairs down through time the archai beings so it's interesting that Sina could look upon that um, process at the fourth stage of independent being. Can you just remind us of this four again? Where did the four come from? I'm just saying that there's seven phases within this heat planet that Sina could differentiate. And by the middle one, the fourth one, some people or other are going to become independent, attain their fourth stage. But we have merely gained a 12-fold structure. So it's structure for us. We're not animate. We're not personal. We're structure. After seven phases, that goes back to a, a rest stage and a new planetary stage will come out of it. And just looking at the form of fire, there is a link with this form and, and what is later going to be physical and the link is that where you've got a, a floor and a roof and a left wall and a right wall and a front and a back this is the world that we know physically here you've got six lines it's that way and that way there's a 90 degree difference there so there's already a 90 degree difference of consciousness and then you've got yellow running that way crossed by that one and green crossed by brown so where there's six planes there's six edges here looking at it inside the cube you can see if you track out one fire along there down there over there so you can see it's the diagonals of the cubic world and it, it kind of links to me when Sinus says, when I look at matter on the outside, yes it is matter, but when I look inside on matter, I see will. 
and I think that this, this diagonal movement is, is the will aspect be, that lies behind matter and in the long distant future we shall become lords of matter and the physical laws by controlling fire, ether also you've got for instance that yellow shaped triangle which is a different triangle than the outer one and it happens to be 70 degrees there 55 degrees, 55 it's a wider angle and that is the same angle that leads you to the heart of a cube that particular triangle is also 70 degrees 55, 55 so we are seeing a link with fire and things physical if you were to chop off the corners of this form the four corners like that what you'd be left with is this shape that's a stretch of the imagination to imagine that but you've already got four planes given in the fire and you create four more by chopping the corners and so you've now got eight sides so that sits in there as a denser form because the next planetary stage re retains fiery energy and densifies further to air and to gas to a gaseous planet and with that comes light and smoke so this planet alternates between light and dark in rhythm um, let's put that here uh, air, planet, air, light and one, two, three, four at this stage archangels graduate in their human stage and they have a lot of experiences to do with light images in their experience that is part of their becoming uh, self-beings for us we move on to become in the plant level of consciousness where we're streaming in the light and having experiences that are more than just structural because new force comes into this planet from other beings it is not just going to be structural but the new input of force is going to be life force so that everything on this planet can be life filled and for us we can go through something like an egg stage and develop to a, a larvae stage and then to a cocoon stage and then more like a butterfly so we have something like a life cycle which is very different than just being structure so this is nice for me to see in an octahedron that's another one this air form, another one seems to be triangles and squares but again if you look at the other angles in it taking this angle here in that particular shape this is lovely for me to discover it because that is this angle here it's 108 degrees of a pentacle pentagon I should say that angle there because it, we're told now that this shape represents ether the life forces but the other fact is that it's, it's the air world or the oxygen world that carries ether and so we have a visual thing of it there that you can find this etheric angle within an octahedron 
so when Sina says I'm seeing a, a gaseous world, an air world and into this light world is coming ether I'm, I'm seeing something there in that little angle thing so let's put here um, plant consciousness and we have growth and development but no soul as yet no soul in this world for us so seven phases and then densification will go on and the third world will be the fluid world so again you can see a densification from an octahedron to this next form so maybe it's able to go in here um, that is able to just match touch there's a way of getting a certain measurement so that you make that triangle which will give you the water size triangle and you make 20 of those particular size triangles to get the water that relates to the air so gas densifying to fluid means another possible of consciousness and the reason I did this in bright colours was a sort of message about the inpouring of astral substance that's a funny word soul substance from other beings so here we put water a fluidic world one, two, three fourth stage angels graduate in their own type of humanity five, six, seven for us with the input of soul substance we become ensouled or animated and we become animal beings with animal consciousness and you know you can see in our own world how vastly different these worlds are and we've been through these different stages of, of experiencing and what happens to soul is that there's an enclosing of the vehicle so that an animal can have an inner life an enclosed off life separate from the environment in a way that the plant doesn't do because it's part and parcel of the, of the atmospheric forces it's completely reflecting what's going on in the atmosphere but the animal through its inner organs can, can have inner soul experiences and so we had sensations of touch and smell interestingly our visual consciousness arose in this ancient fluid planet in that we had an inner envisioning we didn't look out through eyes but when a certain experience came to us from the environment that was pleasurable we got a positive image in the inner envisioning and when a, a dis or unpleasurable experience came we got an ugly image a misshapen image and there was always a consistency with a certain kind of experience that gave rise to a particular kind of image so vision has been first of all internal before it became external in the next planet so I think that's the basics there and then we need to go on to find the physical world I've put a cube here inside the water reform just so you can see a relationship 
But to introduce the dodecahedron just at this point, it was Plato who said that the form underlying our planet is the dodecahedron. And you'll usually see it in books in that way, in that shape. What I've done to make it look like this, it's the same form. You've got your 12 pentacles there. I've just taken away the outer edges, so instead of putting those in, I've done the etheric lines of the streaming of ether. So it looks like this. And the remarkable thing is when you colour it as I've done, you find all the cubes within it. You find a gold cube there. And by a 36 degree rotation, you're looking now at a green cube. Now at a blue cube, pink cube, and an orange coloured one. So there's a sort of a cube and fivefold movement in this form which would suggest that it does underpin a physical world to make this the planet that it is. Um, so what you're looking at in this form is one of these on a bigger scale and it was a great joy to me to have the dodec made and then simply lay other wires across certain crossing points to place in the water form. There's another water. So that and that together is what these blue lines, as you see here, are all the water lines and they just lay across the dodec in a very natural way. So we're looking really at coming out of the fluid world to a physical world and that would be for me a visual image of that the condensing out of fluid to a solid world. And remember I said that each unfoldment is sevenfold, so what happens is in these seven, two, three, four, five, six, seven, it, it happens slowly. There's a sort of a heat phase and then a light phase and then a fluidic phase and then it crystallizes. It's a progressive thing. It doesn't just come out into the cosmos physical as it is today so here we have physical and this is the important one in our story because at this point we're going to become self-aware beings self-aware to graduate to our own humanity after having three principles progressively given to us so what I thought to do in here is to unfold these seven stages a bit more detailed so all these lower ones are to do with earth development and we aren't through it yet so we won't have filled in all the, the stages but we do know where we are if in, the, in stage four here I put Atlantis so one, two, three, four this is all about Atlantis there on a bigger image and before that, in stage three, some of you will have heard of the whole civilization of Lemuria, which takes place in a fluidic condition. Before that, a light condition of the planet, which is paradisical. <laughs> paradisical. Paradise. Let's do it like that. And this first stage is very, 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 very subtle and is quite related to a heat and soul stage where things are so 
hovering in the astral world really they haven't even come down into ether yet this is ether and this is starting to get fluidic Atlantis is where the mineral is going to appear and we find ourselves in a post-Atlantean situation so this is the fifth phase six and seven to come so biblically speaking this Adam and Eve so far as Steiner researched that image because he had a lot of respect for the clairvoyance of the biblical text he was able to enlarge on some of those images in quite some detail but he is telling us that the paradisical state was so much imbued with light and ether that we weren't down on earth yet it was an etheric stage of humanity there's Jewish legend that, that talks about Adam who, who sank to earth because he drew up water into his light body and sank like a sponge that, that comes from a Jewish legend that I read somewhere so it's interesting that they have that image of Adam sinking because we progress on to this Lemurian stage and when you read Steiner's Lemurian material it's very 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 weird very difficult to understand it or to get a flow of energy in space so I've tried and tried to simplify it for you tonight in a way that you can understand something and what I do is say there's a whole lot of weird stuff that happens in the first half because this early Lemurian humanity that hasn't yet got selfhood is not even a vertical being so I call it fishman we're running around like in that direction of forces and he describes it as moving forward moving back moving to the side and we're being chivied around by other beings we don't know what we're about we don't know what we're here for we don't know A from B really so we're being guided by great beings in fact the archive are having a go at guiding us what I haven't said is that this densification that's going to go on to head towards the solid actually proceeds very very rapidly things get denser and denser and denser and denser and in here we can put the dinosaur time and as you've probably seen some of those bones Isle of Wight Museum I saw a foreleg of a dinosaur this is long <laughs> and like a log that was just part of the leg and I I've always been puzzled about the dinosaur extreme of gigantism why? it's a bit over the top and Simon has a lot of explanation to do with this extreme density and the story, the weird story is that he says that within this planetary mass is the body that is today the moon out there and it's within this planet and it causes forming of matter and densification the moon, the moon body but it's, it's within this fluid stage of the planet is, is a viscous mass it's like an ocean with surging seaweed every, everywhere and spongy state of matter and because things are getting extremely dense 
the animals haven't yet densified into their fixed forms, but these dinosaur beings have come down into this material stage and that's why they are the size they are, because the planetary forces are that powerful. But it is necessary that this body is slowly extruded from the mass to orbit around what is left. And it's not a solid body. He describes it as one fluid drop dripping out of another fluid drop. Like if you dripped a drop off a spoon. It's that sort of an energy mass. So that the moon fluidically gives a rhythm around and when it works upon the planet from without it's it's enabling forces to be slowed down in their rate of density Um, two weird strange extreme things happen for our story in that after the moon left the human being gains the upright orientation not only that but slowly, slowly, slowly you develop into two body types the male and the female body types because this earlier human bod was androgynous was able to procreate from a head set of forces what is today the pineal but there was this mighty lantern of forces that not only could take in nourishment but could also exude a warmth likeness brood warmth upon that being so that it could have independent life like I say early Lemurian stuff is very strange but it's the moon that causes this slow development over long periods of time of two body types and it's very important for us because it means that part of our soul forces can be free to develop our head organisation and it means that great beings can eventually when it's matured this head organization can receive a divine spark that is is the core of our ego selfhood self-awareness being and then fact that that divine spark given to our mental organization is from the Elohim beings which you have in the Bible and they are further up the hierarchy so they're very high beings who give us this capacity for self-awareness so what does he say sexuality is the price you pay for consciousness it was necessary for us to polarise and he says that within a male body form inwardly the soul is female because part of the male part has gone out into that form of the body and in a female body form inwardly the soul is male so you've got that polarity what else to say when you want to pin Steiner down into time frames he doesn't deliver specific times the only thing I've managed to find specific is that he says somewhere that Atlantis was about a million years about a million years and then other places he says I'll go into times later but I can't discuss it right here (laughs) he never does bring it up again we know from scientific material that the dinosaur era was 60 million years ago so you've got a real problem because 
you've got 59 million years to sort of fit in between Lemuria and Atlantis. And, you know, I've, I've fretted and fussed about that for a while, but the only thing I would say is that a year has not always been the year we have today. That cosmic rhythm of us going around the sun has not always been in this rhythm. According to Steiner, we've had different rhythms. So in terms of time frames for this Lemurian time, when the moon is in a different relationship, I think this 60 million figure, where are we at with it? Who can pin it down? I certainly can't. So I allow that discrepancy to be there and I'm looking for the through line or the sequence of events rather than whether Atlantis is one million or two million years. It doesn't really matter, I think. It's what's happening in consciousness. So this Lemurian phase all came to a catastrophic end through fire catastrophes. Yes, Yes, this this was a largely a soft, spongy world. By the end of it, matter had sort of got to a horny stage. There was a certain amount of solidification, but it's it's fiery and misty. It's dark. It's not got a lot of sunlight coming into it. Um, But the reason that that the unstable volcanic forces of the planet finally were erupting was actually due to the misuse of forces by certain human beings. Because Lemurian humanity is magical. We are able to affect the elemental forces of weather and particularly the fiery forces were stimulated by aberrant, passionate nature of humanity. There's refined human types, there's less refined and even less refined and there's grotesque human behaviour and everything in between. And it was basically the misuse of forces that caused this exploding of, of the fiery forces. And only a handful of human types straggled out to go on to the next phase of Atlantis. And when you shift to the Atlantean story, and I know Nigel knows a lot about that, but from Steiner's input, by mid oh, there's a big event we've got to talk about here, haven't we, Kay? I've missed out something here in the middle of Lemuria. Go back to the biblical text. The serpent comes up with the apple to Eve and this whole thing about the fall of humanity. Um, it always used to frustrate me as a young person reading it because I felt that God could jolly well have done something about the serpent if he'd wanted to. And it seemed to me that God let that happen. And yet I couldn't sort of dare to believe that. But actually Steiner gives so much positive material about humanity, naive humanity, being assailed by these beings who come towards us when we've got a brain available. They get very interested in the fact that we've got a brain. And we're going back here to other angels in this old moon planet this fluid planet when the angels were supposed to do what they're supposed to do and some of them went against the purposes of the sun being and decided to make their own choices and go their own way so they sought a, a kind of freedom and independence for their own situation so they didn't go on to the full angel potential and they were a bit 
in betwixt between they couldn't go on to work from the moon body they couldn't relate to the sun energy so they were stuck here and they thought that the brain energies would be very helpful for their purposes to work on earth through our brain understanding the original idea for our brain function was that we were to be a mirror to mirror truthful cosmic understanding accurately to be a truthful mirror of, of reality but this got diverted in its potential because these beings, these angel beings came in and turned our sensory attention to things of earth and shut up off for us a certain awareness of the sun for instance so that we didn't see it of course they would shut off the sun for us because they'd shut off the sun for themselves so they didn't want us getting involved with that level of reality so actually our brain perceptions came into error we started to see things according to personal function rather than cosmic function this came into our soul not into our divine spark but the divine spark should have ruled the soul but instead the soul went its own way and so we staggered out into illness and disease and so on as, as time unfolded and so that's the, what Steiner calls the luciferic assault on our consciousness and it seems we were too naive to see it coming I had to get that one in before I addressed certain other forces in Atlantis because Steiner presents a two part devil not a singular devil but a devil coming at you from the left and from the right and when you know both devils you can play the game of consciousness trouble with one devil is you've got an opposition between good and evil and that's actually not the way it is so we again go through seven phases three, four, five, six, seven and it's interesting that Steiner experiences evolution as slowing down as it gets to mid-Atlantis is the slowest energy because it's the fourth phase of the fourth things had been faster slow down as it get, energy gets denser mid-Atlantis it's getting very earthed and after mid-Atlantis it's actually slightly picking up post-Atlantis quicker and it will keep on speeding up as, as energy vibration vibration and in this whole um, world you have mighty priest kings of the Atlantean civilizations and they are overshadowed by beings from the archangel realm he says I see these priest king figures and above them are these mighty beings who are archangels who are guiding them as to how to run the oracle teaching and how to guide the people the archive were having an input here now the archangels and Atlantis is a lot about oracle and initiation centers and teaching humanity through discipline and through certain particular programs of understanding and cosmic revelation and there's seven different oracles there's the sun oracle Mercury, Venus Vulcan Jupiter, Saturn and the different oracles are there for a particular reason and they give different cosmic information because not all of humanity is 
in the same state. And that goes back to events here that only some human beings have been able to hold in with earth history and robustly deal with everything that's coming at them. And so they are the people who've had the longest earth story. And they have a certain teaching here that's to do with the sun oracle because they're sun humans. But other human beings, and I was probably one of them, (laughs) couldn't deal with things on earth and so at different times they've gone to other theatres in the cosmos for different kinds of experience on other planets. So you could refer to, and Steiner does, to Jupiter humans or to Mars humans or Saturn humans because that theatre of events and experiences was appropriate for that soul configuration. So because there's different human types, they have different revelation experiences here and relate to different cosmic beings out there and so they get a different level of information about the cosmos. As I've said, this is when in the fourth stage it's going to get truly physical and there's a point where because of cosmic forces, and in particular I think it's the input from the constellation of Capricorn, which is to do with earth forces and Capricorn is operative in in the body at the elbows and the knees. That means we can do this and have this skeletal clarity that we have today. This form that I have now and you have emerged at the end of Atlantis. It took a whole sevenfold process for a pliant human being who could be this shape or that shape or small could have great long limbs or a great big head system or a middle system that was dominant. These variations in our form were possible because the soul was the dominant factor. And if the soul was very much in in the will, then you're going to need long appendages. And if you've got more of an active head system, then it's going to show in the form. And so he uses the word fantastic and even grotesque shapes emerged according to the soul energy. But in here, in the fourth stage, we also suffer another attack from beings that we can't see coming and they come in from another level of disobedience, you could say. And these beings he calls Arimanic. And they have everything to do with matter That being comes from a Persian cultural teaching. There was the Zoroastrian teaching about the Lord of Light, the Sun, being Ahura Matsal and his opponent or his brother force which was the Lord of Darkness and Matter, Ariman or Angramanyu. And for some reason I can't fully pin down, Sina uses that particular Persian word to introduce this whole beings who disobeyed earlier in evolution, long before these beings did their thing, these beings separated themselves off from bigger purposes and they were trapped now into the laws of matter on our planet and they particularly affected us in in the astral world when we'd left a body and they could come towards us and represent us a material world only and this is why we more and more and more and more succumbed to material reality. And 
because of that we succumbed to lower forces in ourselves to passion and desire and to abusive forces we corralled sexual forces and growth forces and drove them into adherent desires and it was all because there was this input to do it from these gods we didn't do it on our own account and they implanted fear in our experience because we were limited now more and more and more into, into the world on their terms so depravity I love that word isn't it great depravity great depravity mid-Atlantis um, again by our own misdeeds we unleashed certain forces on the planet and affected the weather through the watery aspect of, of floods and, and rain and the clouds and that's why there was this flooding that ended Atlantis because of our own aberrant unleashing of powers etherically and again a handful straggle out with a, with a body form that somewhat is like we have today because everything has settled down and crystallised into a relatively firm planet and um, we're ready to come out and do what we would now call the ancient civilization. The eighth question. Um, Darwin was pretty fresh in, in Steiner's time. Steiner was born in 1861 and he looks at the question of the eighth being similar to us from a different way. I mean, science will tend to say, you know, we were like this and then we were like this and then we were like this and then we stood up and you know that image is put before children and it's quite convincing in a way but I find it very interesting that Steiner looks at that question from quite a different way and he said that once upon a time the apes were men that stood with us in possibility and they fell back into animalism largely because the input of the spiritual world through, through the eye consciousness it was in different degrees with different human types so they, they were more men once upon a time than they are today it's interesting when you look at um, I've seen a photograph of a young chimpanzee face and when they're newly born their configuration of the jaw and such is much more human than, than when they mature into adulthood and it slides slides back into the, into the will forces down into the jaw and becomes heavy set but the young chimp has, has got this more vertical shape that is reminiscent of the human form so who am I to say one way or the other but it's a different way to look at it because it's, otherwise you can think that an animal can become a human consciousness and that's not the storyline that Sinai is presenting he is saying that different divine beings have given us physical matter have given us etheric matter have given us soul matter and the Elohim have given us self matter and now we can work with them to go forward on our own free choice so what I want to do here is explode where we are now obviously we have come out of Atlantis and this again has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven phases somehow we've got to get to now so here 
We'll look at post-Atlantis. And now I can be a bit more specific about time. So, this is post-Atlantis. Great hordes and migrations are streaming out of the Atlantean problems and they're going to Africa, to Asia. But Sinus says, I want to particularly follow those human populations to go up north of India, what he calls the Gobi Desert area, because he basically wants to track through to Europe. He doesn't investigate the Chinese civilization so much, um, or the South American. It's not in his questioning, I think, so he doesn't present material on those areas, but he takes us into the early, early, early Indian civilization. And he's going to unfold this rhythm and each one of these phases is going to be 2,160 years because it takes that long for the sun to travel through a zodiacal sign. So for 2,000 roughly years it was in Cancer here supporting the ancient Indian world. For two more thousand years it was in Gemini supporting the ancient Persian world. Then it moved into Taurus supporting Egypt time. Then into Aries supporting Rome and Greece. Presently in Pisces with where we are now we'll go into Aquarius and Capricorn. The Indian civilization had input from the seven holy rishis. I don't know if anybody's heard of those beings, those teachers. But they received from Atlantean oracle mystery science, they received revelations which they had in their life body. It wasn't in their soul so much, it was in their life body. And they could go into trance states and reveal mighty cosmic stories to their followers and affect magically their disciples. So it was it was mighty teaching and Sinus says that the ancient Vedas are a distant echo of the mighty wisdom that was coming into the ancient Indian civilization of about 8000 BC. Each had a particular configuration of knowledge but human beings basically as a general mood have to start working and engaging more and more with the earth and so the Persian, ancient Persian civilization 5000 BC had to understand light and darkness and so we had Ahura Matsdao and the god of matter Ahariman and, and interestingly the Gemini is about duality, about the two and so this had a twofold awareness their wisdom was also very powerful and could work with, magically with the etheric forces and there are different chakras involved with the state of consciousness um, this is working with the second chakra. This one's working more with the spleen. And then when you come up to Taurus, you're looking at Egypt, Babylon, Chaldea, and Assyria. So we're now looking at about 3000 BC. And this is when Steiner places the general decline of clairvoyance for the mass of humanity that we really are getting shut off and having to come more and more to grip with the physical world and being in in a body so the Taurian time it is related to the larynx and there's great teachings in Egypt to do with 
the magic of the word and knowing the right words and a connection with phenomena through the larynx forces so that's working with a different energy and then the time clicks on and the sun in Aries is this chakra the brow chakra and he gives very specific dates here 747 BC to 1413 3 o'clock <laughs> you're so specific you sort of think well it must have been a particular time of day as well but this is a 2160 time he does elsewhere explain different things that happened around 1400s that meant our consciousness and the way in which we thought was different that the early centuries we thought more in a spiritual way and then the thinking actually started to change in its nature for certain reasons but around this time is when the Greek colonies started to gather and Greece was important they moved out of mythology out of image consciousness and started to come into thought into the mind so we had philosophy and the Roman times took thought and put it into technology and so the human being is coming more and more into the modern world and it's in this time that we have the great Christos event where the Christos unites with the body of this being who is man this man has had an incarnational history that means he has totally transformed his soul to the highest purest level and can receive at age 30 the Christos being from the sun but it's important that Jesus is born in a regular way as man because he's bearing those energies which will meet with the sun energies of the Christos and this event was necessary as Sina researched it because by the Greek times humanity was really really cut off in the spiritual world we were isolated there we couldn't move on up into communion with higher beings because we'd been so attending to the things of the material world that we'd lost sight of our origin of our world of light and so this being came from the sun really to address the, the power of Lucifer those aberrant angels here who attacked our soul forces and the power of Araman who was binding us to matter and so he brought this mighty wisdom of his teaching which corrected Lucifer you might say and by his death he assailed the force of Araman and said death will be overcome and he set limits to the power of Araman in the spiritual world so that humanity would not be consigned to darkness in those realms and his whole Christology which is in many many lectures elsewhere not particularly in this book but is, is of a very different nature to the Christianity you find in the churches because the second coming is sort of I think it's in the sky and Christ is going to come on the clouds and he's probably playing a harp and the graves open and some go into heaven and some go elsewhere and it's, it's a very simplistic picture which is what I struggled with in my 20s and Steiner has so broadened out this second coming of Christ to understand it on another level of energy that is not physical 
that the Christ came once physically that's been done but there's a rhythm that will come through evolution ever since that will grow in magnitude as it works into human beings that will work with the life forces of the planet and will work with our life forces anyway I'll just leave that there at the moment and take it up to the fifth era that we're in this is stage 5 from 1413 onwards now to about 3500 AD as a block of the fifth era that we are in and you see that it's coloured blue because it's going to have a resonance with the third phase the one after it will have a resonance with this phase and the one last will resonate with that so because it's blue it's relating to soul to our astral body which means that we're in the business of raising our soul body to purify it in these incarnations we're at at the moment to raise it to its highest possibility and that work really requires the input of the Holy Spirit into the mind first of all and coming more progressively into our energy system so this is where we find ourselves 20th century we've just started this fifth epoch and the sixth and the seventh are yet to come which will be very mighty tasks and that will have taken us right through to the end of the physical realm the end of the physical is going to be a heat death for the planet very interesting thing provocative thing he says about this heat death but remember it's a long way off you know it's a long way from now we've got to do the 3500 AD then another 2000 years and another two after that then we're looking at the end of things physical but he says and the way that happens is there's going to be an equalisation of heat and when everything's equalised out in heat there cannot be life it's, it's stasis and it forces in our own etheric body that will actually cause this in our lower etheric body we will cause this heat equalisation so it's like we wind the planet up together with our own story but that's not the end with higher clairvoyant faculty says I'm able to go beyond that and see the new incarnation of the next stage which he calls Jupiter which is going to be a higher soul planet and we are going to be very very involved with new soul faculties to create new realms of energies and beings and possibilities from our soul ability and there will be another planet after that a higher life planet that has resonance with this ancient light planet but on a higher capacity because we will have raised the life forces very much to their full being we will create life beings and the final Vulcan stage will be a raising of the physical laws onto a very high level and that will be the end of the story ready to go on so you can see how enormous the vision is in the book most of it is taking you up to Atlantis and post Atlantis then he does a whole chapter on initiation and how to prepare yourself for initiation Which book is that? this is 1910 an outline it used to be called 
Occult Science. This is the new title. I can certainly give you the name of the bookshop in London where you can buy it, but it's not in the library. So he talks about initiation and then after you've read that, he gives you a little bit about these very futuristic states. It's like he's saying you need to prepare yourself inwardly through being willing to go through initiation. So to attend to that before you get to some of this very high stuff which is lies ahead of us when we're fit for it. Well I just wanted to bring in the latter part to bring it more into your own personal life and how does all this enormously cosmic stuff come more closer to our own life situation and it, it is pertinent in my life because I did spend these three years in Sussex studying etheric movement and how to work beyond the physical forces and get to these life forces in a, in a way that is beneficial for evolution in the modern human being. Just to uh, present this dimension that we have in our physical form because if you take your width from fingertip across the fingertip that is the same measurement as from the height of your head down to the floor. So just in your physical parameters you define a square and if you take the diagonals of that, the centre of that square arrives at the base chakra, this genital point of the, of the four petals with its red energy. So that is energy that the young child needs to incarnate into a body and work in the early years of their life to work down into the spinal system to arrive at red energy. And I say that particularly because I was a child that didn't really arrive down in. And at 21 I couldn't stand red colour. Mm. I couldn't deal with red. It, it got choked up. And I look back and understand now that my energies were up. And I didn't catch balls and I didn't climb trees. I was, I was hovering in this body and it's only in my 30s and 40s that I've grounded in. So it's important for the child to come in, particularly in the first seven years of life, to their physical energy. Unfortunately we tend to over intellectualise those first seven years but there is a correspondence in a human life with cosmic rhythm. Remembering that the planet started a physical evolution and the human being unfolds a life in seven year phases. In fact nine rhythms of seven to take you to age 63. So you start with a physical principle and you work into a life principle in the second phase. Then you work into your soul principle by 21. And then you take three seven year phases to work into your ego or your selfhood. And in the later years of life you, you are reflecting earlier events and earlier energies. So you're going to transform your soul stuff and transform your life forces and transform even your physical material. So it's beautiful the way that the small world that we are has resonance with cosmic reflection. So I said that this was the physical dimension and the other measurement to remember tonight is that if you raise to that measurement and ask the question what's the centre point of that height from there to the floor, you arrive here, navel, centre point of that vertical dimension and in this dimension you're defining your spirit self. You're connecting to heaven, to that from which you came. When you're in this dimension, you're here in, in this physical world. So it's interesting that that point has something to do with here, which is why I've brought the Fat Buddha, 
with the fat navel because I always thought it was a pretty ugly sculpture why do they have this fat figure and I now understand what is being expressed here and Steiner has helped with this but also my own work on the etheric forces and so we also need to look at this image here which you can see your own body shape in that if you stand like this with your feet in the pentacle and your head in your two hands and if you weave that centre you also arrive here as the centre of that shape and it's interesting that Jesus in the Bible in John 7.37 he says if any man thirst let him come unto me and drink and out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water and you think well that sounds nice and it's some sort of abundant energy that is possible but the next significant bit is that he said or the text says this spake he of the spirit which they should yet receive he didn't say it's going to come from me in you it's going to come from the spirit and so I've been pondering about that for quite a while because from Steiner not in this book in another lecture he, he in one particular place says this navel in the human being is a connection with the ego the liver is a connection for your life forces the stomach is a connection for your soul forces the heart is a connection for your higher soul but the navel is a connection for your ego because it's my experience that if you leave the belly to its own energy it, it's, a, it's an enclosing force because it's got all those digestive functions and it's transforming matter into heat it, it does that the astral body left to its own devices in us encloses and it provides the basis for you to act as a selfish being to be with yourself and to be involved in me and it's my understanding that we need to receive this working of the Holy Spirit into us this feminine wisdom starting in the mind but working right into your vertical system to actually radiate the belly forces out again so that instead of them sucking in energy to your own field you start to gain this radiance in the belly and that is an experience of the rivers of living water and as I've been working with the pentacle in my energy in other words I'm opening out a streaming through if you, if you get locked in the joints you start to get sclerotic and as you start to stream through and imagine your energy connecting to the widths of space you really change your experience of the physical energy and you start to connect to the ether around the body in a way that Tai Chi has done for thousands of years the Asians have known about Chi and how to work with it but my experience has been to extend the limb system and to open out this because if you open out that you're actually working on the whole body because you've got the head and the middle system and the metabolism there it's, it's a, a miniature of the total system so the moment you open that you're already working on the whole body and when you open that the feet will eventually open of their own accord because they're connected the life forces are connecting from foot to opposite hand this is connecting across here through the timer so there's energy streaming through there 
and from that the opposite side and when you're working with those four energy centers it's automatically going to affect all the energies around your head so in my view it's getting out of earth magnetism which accumulates in the wrists and the ankles and these are points where death forces and Araman in particular works into our life energy and it has been said that the death forces approach the human energy field from from the hands there's something to do with Pisces is representative of death in our, in our experience so once we lock up here and we train our children to sort of clutch and write and we grab things and we lock you're heading towards a materialization of the life forces and it's this whole turning around to reconnect with the world ether and this is where the Christos sense of the self and the life forces connecting beyond yourself comes in and I find I sort of practice this awareness when I go into the supermarket which is one of those dreadful places <laughs> you get in the aisle with your trolley and the dance person in front of you doesn't know you're there and they don't know that there's someone over there and everybody's in their own space and there's no sense of what is the total movement of this building and once you get out of get moving, I want to get past which is all earth consciousness once you get into embracing the total space and all the movements in it slow and fast in a way your sense of self has turned to the periphery and you're looking at yourself from out there from the, the sphere and this is a principle of evolution that energies work in, 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 in and then they must actually turn from inside and go out again and it is so for the planet and it's so for us another view of this that it was a teaching in mystery science for, for pupils that they could consider their physical body in this proportion just in here and then it was taught that your life forces are in that shape there around sustaining your physical but bigger than that and your soul forces are in this big shape here and then your yourself, your ego is the total sphere so it was a relativity of your energy system and I thought well let's do this three dimensionally by starting with that there and extending it so this is why I bought these cones to develop it from the form that underlies the physical planet the dodecahedron and take it out to its etheric sheath around the planet and I'm staring here at different numbers because these jolly magnets yeah. only line up in certain mm -hmm. alignments which I didn't know I can't put it there it's got to line in the axis of the magnetism oh, it's, ma it's magnet yeah. see the black yeah. but yeah. this is a, it's a, a faff you might have seen this form in, in the light shop it's being produced mm -hmm. as electric lights now um which is alright but I just hope that people start to key into what lies behind the meaning of this form and I'm going to show an important point because in the dodec the, the fives are next to each other in space and there's a big change as you go into this thing that I think is representative of how the etheric world is interpenetrating 
You can no longer be a separate being once you fully enter the etheric world, the life forces, everything interpenetrates. So as you can see, the five, that form, is now being passed through by a yellow one and a green one, a silver, a brown and a, a blue. So if you take that viewpoint, it's like I and five others. So the spatiality has changed from being next to in the physical world, things are next to, to being interpenetrative. And this is the etheric reality of where two or three are gathered in my name. I'm in, I'm in the flow between. I'm not in you, I'm not in this. It's the, it, it's, it's the streaming between that is representative of this etheric world, which as Dinah says is not spatial forces. They are rhythmical forces. It's, it's difficult to get that I'm showing you a shape but it's about a rhythm in time in a time world so though it's cardboard I'm representing a rhythm in cosmic flow and we have it this is the health to go from foot to head down to the other foot to the left and across and down it's that flow that is your full healthy functioning and our lifestyles are not giving us that we're sitting and we're looking and we're driving and it's no wonder we're getting blockages really we have to start saying I must enter the etheric fullness which is this fivefoldness the wisdom of five is life four is physical so we're nearly there two so it's a stellated dodecahedron we have here. Now, Sina said, and so I'm, I'm presenting this, that the dodec is what under, underlies this planet we walk around on, but around our planet is this world of the Christos, this etheric surrounding, this atmosphere into which cosmic forces are interplaying in the surrounds. And this is the venue for the second coming. When Christ said, seek for me in the clouds, Sina interprets that as being the Christ's interpenetration of the etheric surrounds of the planet to facilitate that means by which the planet is going to breathe out its etheric forces and create its future stages by energy accumulating out there in a Christ-filled, permeated, new star energy. And I believe that as we develop this field in ourselves, we are resonating with the field that's happening for the planet. But there are obstructive forces that are going to try and block that event in the atmosphere, the Aramanic purposes which are necessarily there to provide a foil and so that we use the evil to transform it to the good. That's something we've got to learn with the epoch we're in is how to reverse evil five is also to do with the capacity for evil and it's interesting isn't it that the word is a reversal of the word life it's anti-life E-V-I-L and L-I-V-E it's just a mirror of life and anti-life which is what Araman represents he wants to stop life drive you to matter but just to go on and add to that form and say okay let's connect to the, the soul of the planet beyond its life forces and find that shape around the stellated dodec so you need to connect all those lines up 
which is what has happened here. You can see that that gold form in there is that one. And now you're back to a water image, which is lovely, the waters of wisdom. For me, the Isis sheath that is working around the planet, the higher cosmic wisdom that is feminine, is connecting to the etheric sheath of the planet and the Father God is right within the core of the planet. So it was my personal need to redefine the Holy Spirit and Isis in a sort of a visual way, which is why I did it blue. My belief is that if you seek to be born again to enter the kingdom of God, it is a literal rebirth through the navel centre into the true mother, which is, which is Isis. She is the real mother of our soul. So it is a kind of re, a new umbilical cord that you connect to when you start to move from that energy in the world. And there's a truth to it because it's actually connecting you to your higher self. I found this little, um, it's a medieval manuscript illustration. The book I found it in, The Tomb of God, did not tell me where they found it. So I, but I knew that it was genuine just from the way it was drawn. So I enlarged it. And it became obvious that this triangle down here had these flame lines on it. And this one had the horizontal watery line. So I coloured it red and blue because I knew from alchemy that the marriage of fire and water is, is a work. The ma- to marry fire with water is a work for the soul. And in Steiner's terms, to marry the passion that we have in the blood with the Holy Spirit so that our passion transforms into love. Um, we have here Jacob Burma who is also talking about we're born in wrath and we must bring to it love but I like this because they had here the 16 petal chakra there in the middle and I've never seen that before I've seen 5 in there and I've seen 7 but this is 16 and my personal joy is that for me this is a form expressed in fire and water because you can not only just have one fire form one tetrahedron you can put another one in between it you can use a point and run another one through it and then you can use another point and put a third one in there a fourth one and a fifth one so this is five tetrahedra done in a fairly crude way because I didn't know how to do it in those days I was just finding my way so I thought well I'll do that with all the fine wires so what I'm trying to say is that I put all the lines that are possible including the inner line as well as the outer lines and I was getting impatient as I do because I've been working on this for days and days and days and days and days and I had about 10 more wires to go. At that point I had no idea that as I put a couple more in on that morning, see the blue form in there? Mm-hmm. Do you now recognise it represents the water form? Mm-hmm. Now there are no extra wires in there, they are only fiery lines. It's just that I've coloured a section. So what I'm saying, the magic is that if you bring the wisdom of five to fire it will present water within itself water what? this is a form language I'm saying when you spin five tetrahedra in form water is there this form is there by the nature of the fivefoldness so the teaching is for me 
that I have so worked on this business daily for 19 years in my life because it's important to me to get out of Araman in my world that I, this was given to me in a way to find the waters of wisdom in the valley, the rivers of living water. It, it kind of sort of culminated in, in me working on my fiery nature because I'm jolly fiery when I get going. I can be quite violent. I have hit people and I have a work to do with fire but I do work on it and so it's a kind of geometrical image of this transformation and marriage of fire and water and it's interesting that they do have the 16 petaled chakra there because this is a fire, it's a, it's a psychic fire, this capacity we have for speech but in the future as we go on with the larynx function we're going to be creative beings and going to speak into the ethers and create nowadays we visualise red but one day we're going to be able to create red by our soul faculties and then further on to be able to create beings so this is very high insight into what we're actually designed for and the understanding is that we're given eight petals that function and rotate and we have to open the other eight petals by inner work so um, fire and water coming together as those two energies the other thing I wanted to talk about was this ego consciousness which arose in Greek times and Roman times but that we've gone beyond that and really what I see is that we're required to really go beyond the sense of me in a body with my one life and to move into the true higher self, the true echo and according to Steiner that is not a single unit, it's not related to the one, it's related to twelve just as the sun radiates through twelve constellations that's an image for us of our twelve viewpoints that we have on reality and that that's the true nature of our higher ego um, I mean that's very large and it's the reason why Christ worked through twelve disciples and apparently according to Simon he actually spoke through this one or that one those disciples were so filled with his energy that at any one time they were speaking his, his understanding and it's really the reason why Judas actually had to indicate to the authorities who was Christ because they weren't quite sure because at one time this person was speaking the ideas and that person otherwise they would have known who was the Christ but they didn't quite know because he was speaking through all the twelve and this is a, an image for us that we speak through twelve aspects which relate to the zodiacal archetypes of the archer and the fish and the water man and, and so on and so on and so part of growing into that expanded sense of self is to live with the life of the planet through the year in its twelvefold experience and to start to love the seasons because you can participate with what the planet is going through as it responds to the sun and have a resonance with that in your own soul so you're growing together with the planetary soul um, so it's another reason why I'm very related to the dodec and its twelvefoldness 
I've talked about five and life forces and wisdom. I've talked about four. There's been a long journey to get to physical reality and within that physical possibility we've been given the ego, the self. And we've gone into the depths of that and the materiality of that and now we're coming out of it to the to this fifth epoch so that we can raise ourselves to a higher soul function and I've given you seven as a number for development in time planetarily and energetically and this is the system that Sina uses in his education of children to work on their physical and then on their life forces then on their soul feeding it with different pictures from 14 to 21 and he doesn't tax it with the intellectual content until the soul is ready because he says if you demand intellectuality when you should be building up a body you will weaken those bodily forces and it will manifest later in life so it's a very beautiful educational system that links into fundamental rhythms and then you have three seven year phases to work on the the core of your selfhood 21 to 28 we associate 21 with growing up and becoming independent but that's the first phase of it it's a threefold process then at 42 to 49 you're starting to transform your soul stuff onto improvement and then here you're transforming your life forces onto a higher level and even to the physical and then at 63 you've kind of fulfilled I think your karma is it I'm talking to somebody who's gone beyond 63 I didn't quite what she said um, so sorry. I was trying to indicate what, why it stops at 63 it's like you've done oh, yes. 9 times 7 phases which is a complete cycle and after 63 I understand that you've kind of fulfilled your karmic obligation and, you, right. and then you have free time that's right. And Sina died at 63. Is that right? Yes. Sina died at age 63. Yes, that's right. Well, um, so it's only if you've got other spiritual work to do yes, on yes, earth that yes, you would yes. go through your 70s and 80s and 90s. Yes.